All right, let's move in to the message. Uh, I'm going to continue this sermon series on road trips by preaching about the road to Emmaus. And this is in Luke 24. Uh, I'm going to read the whole passage uh, of this road to Emmaus. And uh, the context of this passage is that Jesus, he had been teaching, leading his disciples and other followers for a few years, and then he was crucified and died, buried, and then the body disappeared. And at this point, these two former followers of Jesus are walking on the road to Emmaus, and they're talking about what's happened. And in their mind, Jesus, the one that they were following, he's gone. Um, That's why I say former followers, because now they're wandering. They're just walking on this road trip to Emmaus. So I'm going to read to you Luke 24, 13 through 35. That very day, you can follow along here, that very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about all the things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still, looking sad, and then one of them named Cleopas answered him, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? And he said to them, What things? And they said to him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty indeed in word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day that these things happened. Moreover, some women in our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning, and they did not find the body. They came back saying that they had even seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. And Jesus said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? Beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. So they drew near, uh, so they drew near to the village to which they were going. He acted as if he were going farther, but they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took the bread and blessed it, and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. And he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Did not our hearts burn within us when he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem. They found the eleven, those who were with them, gathered together, saying, The Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. The verse I want to zero in on is verse 32. They said to each other, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? Did not our hearts burn? The main point from this message that I want you to walk away with is that the fire of God changes us and it changes others. The fire of God changes us. And changes others. In the book of Deuteronomy, multiple times in the book of Hebrews, it says, Our God is a consuming fire. When Moses was with his sheep in the wilderness, how did God appear to him? It was a burning bush, a 
flame. When they, he led them out of uh, Egypt, crossed the Red Sea, and they're at Mount Sinai, how did God appear to them? It's a mighty fire above the mountain. John the Baptist, who went to prepare the way for Jesus, he was the prophet right before Jesus, to prepare the people. He said in the book of Matthew and in the book of Luke, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Fire. As you get to know God, you know that there are certain ways he likes to reveal himself. And one of those ways is fire. He is alive, he is real, and he is tangible. So for these followers that were wandering, they likely had no purpose now that Jesus had died. They had been following up to that point, but now in their mind he's gone. He's dead. We don't know what to do. Let's go on a trip. Let's go to Emmaus. And they're wandering. And Jesus comes right next to them. But like so many people, their eyes, they don't recognize him. We don't realize that Jesus is with us always. Hebrews 13.5 says, Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. His name, Emmanuel, means God with us. But for so many of us, we have no idea. And they're just wandering. They're just walking. But then Jesus starts to talk to them. And they say later, when he was talking to us, could you not feel the fire in your heart? Did not our hearts burn within us? And after they experienced that God is real, that God is alive, they saw him, they felt him, they were never the same. They were changed. This is what God desires to do in every heart. You see, when I was young and I was growing up in this church, you know, in in my youthfulness, I believed from my parents' faith that God is real. That's what I believed as a little kid. All right, God is real, but he's up in heaven. And here I am on earth, and from Sunday school, I'm taught to obey the Bible. And I thought that's what it was to being a Christian. God is real, but he's up there, and I will just try and live by the Bible. But you know what? Living that way, I was just wandering. And I was just looking for identity in different things around me, whether sports, girls, or, you know, whatever. But then I attended a Christian camp in high school, and God showed up. I remember during the praise time, I could just feel something, but I couldn't put my hand on it. What is going on? I'm, I'm getting stirred here, but I don't, I don't really get it. And then I remember a few nights into the camp, one night during the praise time, I had my eyes closed, and I just saw something in my mind. I don't usually see things or whatever, but I saw some really old memories. And they were of random people showing me love like old teachers or or old friends. But in these memories, I saw God behind them. And I realized that in every moment in my life that I had received love, God was working behind the people that were showing love to me. Scripture says we love because God first loved us. We can only know love from God. And, And as I realized that God wasn't just, he's not just up there. He didn't just come and die and rise again, but that he is here and that he is active in my life. That's when I accepted Christ. I could feel his warmth, his fire within me, and I wanted him. And I put my faith in him that night. But I have to tell you, my faith was gradual and growing until I attended college. And at college, I began to really seek him. I began to ask God, God, I want to know you more. God, I've experienced your love before, but I want to taste and see your good. I want want to know you even more. 
And as that happened, God's fire just began to stir in my heart. He began to cleanse me from sin. Fire cleanses you. He began to guide me. Fire is like a light. It goes before you. He began to strengthen me. Fire gives power, gives strength. And I, I began to change. Now, going into college, if you had said, oh, you'll be a missionary, I would have said, not a chance. I'm going to be an engineer. I'm going to make money. I'm going to get a comfortable house, a nice car. That's my dream. But as I tasted and saw that God is good, as I experienced this fire in my heart for me and then for others around me, I realized, God, I want to be where you are. I want to go where, where you're going. I want to be with you. I don't want to keep wandering on this road to Emmaus. I want to be where you are. God changed me. And I went to Korea, and God gave me a love for these kids. I had no love for kids growing up, just being honest. No heart for children's ministry. No thank you. But God changed me. We love because God first loved us. As I walked with him and that fire grew within me, his love grew within me. And I love these kids now. I love the people of Korea. For the orphans that we work with, they're like the people walking to Emmaus, those two men. They're just wandering through life. They have no family. They have no identity. Uh, and honestly, a lot of them have shared when they graduated from high school and they had to move out. They didn't think they would live that long, maybe to 30. And that would be it. They just try and enjoy their youthfulness. But what's the point to life? That's what a lot of them would share. Uh, most of the kids are not Christian that we work with, grow up in these orphanages. They're state-run orphanages. And uh, a lot of them even hate God uh, or hate the church because of what they went through growing up. No interest, even distaste for God. But we accept them on our program anyway. We welcome them in, and we just try and walk with them. We just try and be the family that they've never been. Those mentors that you saw in the pictures are committed to them until they graduate, calling them once a week, meeting with them once a month, and we do other activities as well. We don't, now and then we'll share about God, but we're not actively evangelizing, trying to press it in. It's not that the harvest is plentiful. It's that this is stone asphalt that we're working with. We got we to just keep loving them, loving them, breaking up this hard ground so that love can get in. And that has happened, God's faithfulness. Um, a couple years ago, we were having a game night, just gather the kids together, and, and the objective is to just be with them. We pray that God's love would be shared, but we're not actively you know, trying to, to preach to them. Uh, we had a game night with a, a bunch of kids, and, and uh, we were together, and then one of my staff was driving one of the, the young adults home. She was, a, I think, a second year in college. Uh, her name is Kim. And we knew God had started to, her heart was starting to open towards God. And that night, while G was driving her. Kim opened up and said, uh, Gee, I, I can't explain it, but during the game night, I felt this fire in my heart. My heart couldn't stop burning. And it, it, but it felt good. And G told her, Kim, that's God working in your heart. That's God's love. And G shared the gospel with her. And that night, Kim accepted Christ. She had felt that fiery love, that sweetness within her heart. And she says, I want to know him. I want to walk with him. So she accepted Christ. And uh, here's a picture from uh, her baptism. Kim, like most orphans, very inwardly focused. Even after she accepted Christ, like I said, it's survival mode. You're just trying to survive growing up in an orphanage with all these other kids. And uh, when they graduate, it's just about themselves. Um, for Kim, she had a dark complexion, uh, would like to wear black. Um, you know, if, if she was growing up here, she probably would have been part of the goth crew. 
uh, and uh, she was just a, just a little cold. But after she accepted Christ, that fire started to work in her, and she started to change. It wasn't instant for Kim. It was gradual. Uh, but it got to the point that her non-Christian friends that she would always hang out with were saying, you've changed. You're different. You're smiling more. You're laughing more. You're, you're warm now. And uh, even her clothes started to change, her, her demeanor. And we asked her to serve. You, are you interested in serving in an arts and crafts camp? She had attended the camp when she was a little kid. She would cry at the end of the camps because she didn't want it to end. Um, but she would have never dreamed of being a volunteer. But because God had worked in her heart, she said, yeah. I want to give back. And so next picture, um, Kim had dyed her hair. You see she's not wearing black. And uh, she was paired with a, a young girl uh, for three days just doing crafts together. And Kim did a wonderful job. And that is only by the grace of God. If you knew her growing up, you would have never dreamed that she would be doing this. And uh, she just served at the soccer camp as well, did a phenomenal job. I mean, this is, this is only what God can do. I have to tell you, serving these kids... This isn't chance. This isn't just, oh, she suddenly felt good one day and, and started to change what she would wear and started to smile more. It's the love of God, the fire of God working in our heart. God is real. He is alive. He is with us. And when we encounter him, we are changed. When we taste and see that God is good, when we feel his burning in our hearts, we can never be the same. I want to share with you guys another story. Um, one of our staff, G, that same staff that shared the gospel with Kim, uh, she started to open up her place for aged out kids, kids that had left the orphanage and would fallen on hard times. And she would let them come stay with her for a few days, few weeks, sometimes months, over a year, just depending on, on, on their situation. And there was one girl named Jojo uh, who uh, was one of the toughest kids growing up in the orphanage. She was just verbally uh, abusive, harsh, scary uh, but she left the orphanage, and she fell on hard times, and she reached out to her and let her come stay with her. And as Jojo was living with G, God began to work in her heart in a beautiful way. And I actually want to share with you guys a video of Jojo sharing her own story. Uh, and you can see what God's love has done in her life.
솔직히 경쟁이 치열했을 수도 있어요 왜냐면 주쌤이랑 시간 보내려면 순서가 있으니까 그 많은 아이들이 지쌤이랑 미국 여행을 가게 됐어요 근데 거기서 만난 사람들이 너무 다 행복해 보이는 거예요 근데 그 사람들은 다 이제 기독교인들이었고 왜저 사람들은 왜 저렇게 행복해? 막 속으로 이렇게 생각했는데 그러고서 한국에 돌아와서 지쌤 나 교회 다니고 싶은데 지쌤 교회로 다녀도 될까? 했는데 어 지쌤 어 이렇게 하는데 그래서 그때부터 다녀있는데 그냥 수련에 가가지고 기도를 들었는데 눈을 감아서 누군지 모르겠는데 저한테 와서 기도해주기를 나는 뱃속에 잉태됐을 때부터 하나님이 사랑하는 존재라고 말을 했는데 원래 너는 그냥 사랑받는 존재야 너는 태어나길 잘했어? 이런 느낌으로 다가왔어요 그때는 그 말을 들었을 때내 존재가 좀 선명해지는 느낌? 하나님을 그때 느꼈던 것 같아요 있구나 있기는 <웃음> <웃음> 지쌤이 잘못을 만약에 해도 너를 사랑하는 마음이 변하지 않는다고 했을 때 진심이 느껴졌으니까 내 마음이 변화가 있지 않았을까 그러니까 내가 뭔가 미운 짓을 하고 해도 나를 사랑하는 사람이 있구나 그걸 처음 알았고 그런 사랑을 받고 나서야 나도 조금 더 안정이 됐고 지쌤으로 인해 사랑도 많이 느꼈지만 하나님이 보내준 사람들로 인해서 살아가고 싶게 느끼는 어, 내가 이 아이를 이렇게 좋아할 수 있나? 진짜 그럴 정도로 지금 너무 아이가 좋고 남편도 막 싸우면 믿고 막 그러지만 내가 이렇게 이 사람을 사랑할 수 있는 감정 자체가 감사하고 음. <웃음> 결국에 물어버렸어 <웃음> 내가 불근해서 안 자랐으면 지금 사람들을 못 만났을 거 아니야 그리고 내가 부모 밑에서 자라지 않았는데 내가 지금 이렇게 살고 있고 그거보다 좀더큰 사랑을 받고 있다는 느낌이 들어 부모님 밑에서 자랐다는 것보다 온전한 사랑을 일단 처음에는 부모님한테 배우니까 근데 난다 커서 이제 지쌤한테 배웠으니까 지쌤한테 받았고 나 같은 사람들한테 지쌤 같은 사람이 다 있는 건 아니니까 나는 좀 운이 좋지 않아 God is good, amen? You know, after Jojo accepted Christ, the Holy Spirit, that fire began to work in her heart. You know, fire reveals things, convicts. And she began to realize about her past, what she had done. And this is pretty unheard of in Korean culture. 
uh, especially because there's a hierarchy in Korean culture, and you know you have you say them by older sister. You don't just say their name, and and uh, usually the older will kind of dominate the younger. But she felt convicted to go to those younger girls, um, those kids that she had once abused, and and struck so much fear in, and apologize and seek forgiveness. It's just unheard of in an orphanage uh, for someone to do that, especially for a young adult to come back. And uh, during a Christmas gathering uh, a couple years back, Jojo was at our house along with a bunch of other uh, kids and aged out, you know, young adults, orphans. And she was playing with some of them and just laughing. And, and just her complexion is just so different than what she once was before. And one of the uh, Oak Tree Project students who had grown up in the orphanage with Jojo leaned over to my wife. And he said, Jojo is proof of the gospel. And, uh, you know, when we share with these kids who have no interest in God or, you know, even don't like God, but we just share about, you know, how God's love is powerful and how God can change us and, and, and just cares for us so much. They'll be like, yeah, 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 you know, God can maybe change other, you know, I don't believe it. God, God can't do that. God can't change me. God, you know, it's just he's not real. And then we'll say, well, what about Jojo. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, God, God's real. <laughs> because she had been so different, such a contrast. And that's something only the grace of God, um, the fiery love of God uh, can do. Only his fiery love and his power can make such a change in someone. And, uh, you know, for some of you visiting today or even you've been attending this church for a bit, you've never experienced God's love. You've never felt his tangible presence Maybe you believe God is, is real and that like I, when I was a child, you believe he's up there. You know, he's, he's somewhere out there, um, but you've never felt his presence. You've never felt him in your life, that he is Emmanuel, God with us, that he is with us always. And for some of you, you don't even know who God is, but you felt led to come here. And maybe there's some sort of stirring that is happening in your heart. I want to encourage you to ask God just, just to pray to God, this is just asking God, God, I want to know you. I want to feel you. I want my eyes to be open to you. I want to know you're real. I mean, the simplest prayer is, God, I want to know you. And you will find that, you know, walking through life, even in those days where you were in sin or you were doing, you know, other things, God is with you. And he's been walking with you every step. Even when you were in the mother's womb, your mother's womb, he was with you. And as you pray that, God, I want to know you. He's going to reveal himself to you now, and he's going to open up your eyes that he has been with you always, and he will continue to be with you always. The fire of God's love changes us, but it then changes others. And for many of you others here in this place that have been walking with God, you have a relationship with God. You've tasted and seen that, that God is good. And so, you know, you, you, you come to church and you seek him. You're walking with him. I need you to know that God's fire, his presence, his Holy Spirit lives within you. And whether you know it or not, you're carrying his presence. And the presence that you are carrying affects those around you. You see, Kim and Jojo would have never known God's love if it wasn't for G, for myself, and for other believers around them. Revealing Christ to them, just being with them, just being with them in the same room. I remember in the orphanage when I first was living in the home, I felt like I got to preach, I got to do something. I couldn't even speak Korean though. And I felt God telling me, just be with the kids. Just 
be with them. And as you're with them, their hearts are being affected. You might not see it right away, but as you are with them, there is a transformation. There is something that is stirring within them. Within them. You see, the fire of God doesn't just change you. It then changes those around you. And so I want to encourage you, church, to pray, to seek the Lord, and to be confident in his presence. And to know in your workplace, no matter how dark it might be, in your family, no matter how much they might hate God, like the kids that we work with, and those around you, God is able to work. And God is more powerful than any darkness. He's more powerful than any addiction, more powerful than any sin. You carry the same power that raised Christ from the dead. You carry that power within you, that fire of God. And so pray with confidence and love with confidence and know that God is working, whether you feel it or not. You know, during that game night, I didn't feel firing God, you know, as I was playing with the kids. Um, But I'd been walking with the Lord. I had been seeking him, and I had been praying for those kids. And little did I know, he was touching them mightily, and he's continuing to touch them. So in this road trip of life, may the fire of God, may he change you, and may he then change those around you. I'm going to close in prayer. God, I thank you that you say in Colossians 1.27, Christ in you, the hope of glory. God, I thank you that there are so many believers in this place, Lord, that this church, it has meant so much to me. It sent me as a missionary back in 2005. There have been so many that have come and gone from this church that have prayed for me, and I could feel their prayers going to South Korea, working in me and working in these kids. God, I thank you that you are alive, that you are real, and that you are living in each and every believer. Your fire is living within us, God. And I pray, Father, for every believer in this room, Lord God, to be encouraged, to be built up, to feel your presence daily, to hunger and thirst for you and to seek you and to know you more and to reveal you, Lord God, to this community and to those around them. And God, I pray for those who, whose eyes haven't been opened to you yet, Lord God, like those two walking on the road to Emmaus. They were walking with Jesus, but they didn't even know it. God, I pray, Father, for those who have yet to see you, who have yet to experience you. God, I pray that you may burn in their hearts like you burned in Kim's heart, like you stirred in JoJo's, God, and that they may know, Lord, God, that you have known them, Father, from the womb, that you have loved them, that you have a purpose for them, God, Lord, that your love is mighty, it is powerful, and it is tangible. And I pray, Father, for every person who has yet to meet you, Lord, that they may meet you today, that they may know you today, God, and that they may walk with you. Lord, I thank you, Father, for your fiery love, Lord. Pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you.